Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about hacking Dungeon World? <gasps> Hack the planet. They're trashing our rights. They're what? trashing our rights. What Hack the planet. About? Yeah, what? Oh, did you mean, you mean modifying the game? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I totally want to talk about that too. Oh, okay. Cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, who's the chilliest, Phil. And I am your other host, whose desk is right over her heat vent, Senda. The toastiest. I am the toastiest. <laughs> For the moment. I mean, uh-huh. you know, at different times. Hey, we're, uh, it's 2019. It's 2019. Right? This is our second episode, right? Because yeah. the other one where we were hanging out together. Yeah, the one that I didn't um, edit like at all. That one? Right. Yes. This one, This one. I'm back uh, in my time zone. Yep. So it's late and uh, we're, we're doing our thing pretty much normal style, right? Yep. Back to normal. Yeah. You will get pretty, an actual well, pretty much. edited episode again this week. Yes. Our topic is a little atypical for what we normally talk about, but I liked it. And uh, since I'm the one who picks things off the sheet... You are subjected to my uh, to my random pick. So tonight, I think you. Should, what is our topic? You should say whims. You should say subjected to my whims. You are subjected to my whims. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so, send a. Who sent us our topic? So tonight's topic came from Shadow Warl One on Twitter, who asked us Dungeon World newbie question: When you create a playbook for Dungeon World, do you create all new moves, or just one to two to flavor the character class and pull in other moves from the book? So we're going to expand on that just a bit to talk about hacking Dungeon World, and we're going to talk about creating moves as well as creating playbooks. And while Phil has done some designing for Dungeon World with the legacy weapon, uh, the bulk of both of our actual experience at this comes from designing and developing Hydro Hackers, or you may have heard of it as H2O, Hydro Hacker Operatives. The stuff that we're going to talk about here for Dungeon World actually winds up being true for a lot of other Powered by the Apocalypse games. So while most of our examples will be about Dungeon World or Hydro Hackers, again, this translates over to pretty much any PBTA game. Yep. So, Phil, tell us, what do we need to know about hacking Dungeon World? Where do we start? Yeah, well, I mean, the cool part is, the cool part is you get to start right from the rule book. So, in the back of the rule book, there is a chapter on hacking the game. Woo! Uh, and it talks about how to modify, like, how to make your own moves and things like that. And it's really, it really should be your first stop in understanding how to hack Dungeon World. Like, you should really read through that chapter. It's uh, well-written. It has uh, it has examples for different types of moves and for different types of ideas, and you definitely want to start there, and that will get you started with move creation as well as talking about creating like new playbooks and new classes and stuff. Yeah. So if you're hacking your home game, that's the advice that's great for getting you started, and it kind of feels like moves is the first thing that you know people start hacking, or certainly the first thing I think that you and I started hacking. Would you say that's what happened? Yeah, absolutely. I think you um I think you have to start with moves because we'll talk about this when we get to talking about playbooks and a- and actually answering answering Shadowwall one's question. Uh, but really the be- the foundation of hacking a powered by the apocalypse game starts in the moves. Yeah. So 
what tips do we have specifically about making moves? Yeah. So here's the thing. Moves are, on the surface, they seem really simple. Right. When, like, when you're playing with them, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when you're, when you're using moves in the game and you're looking at them, you're like, yeah, this is super simple. I can totally make like a dozen of these in like five minutes. Right. In my sleep. Right. Um, and, and that's in part because there's kind of a fixed structure. There's there's actually like probably, to be honest, there's probably about three or four structures. But the, the structure, there's there are the most predominant structure. Uh, the one that we all know and love. So standard roll, the 10 plus is that full success. The seven to nine is a success with complication. And the six minus... Wah, wah. Six minus is the um, the GM's move, right? <laughs> yeah, not, not necessarily a, failure. Not necessarily failure. Move. Just wah, wah. wah, wah. <laughs> um, so yes, so that structure is like a great place to start, right? It's not the only structure. If you if you go through and look at a whole bunch of moves from um, from different Powered by the Apocalypse games, you will find a couple of other structures. I suspect there's about four of them. Um, but I'm totally making that number up. Yeah. Much like my eight things that you have to do while you're jamming. Right. Um, now, I will say, when I worked on the moves for Hydra Hackers, I actually took out all of my PBTA games. I think there's a picture of me on Twitter with all my PBTA books on the table. And I actually read through all of those moves. Like, just at a high level. Like, I didn't study them, but it kind of just... What I was doing was basically picking moves that I thought were close to the kind of moves I wanted. Yeah. But I also looked at a bunch of moves, and when you look at them, you start to see these, you know, commonalities. So anyway, um, starting with that that um, that three-tier structure is great. That's the easy part of making moves. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> the harder part of making moves is to what to put into those three tiers. And there's no good formula for this, okay? There's no good formula for this because a move is very specific to uh, the genre of the game that you're playing, and it's very specific to what you're attempting to do with the move. Yeah. Now, the 10 plus is probably the easiest one to figure out. Maybe the six minus. The six minus is... The GM, GM makes gets to make a right, move. Right, yeah. Right. So that one's that one's pretty easy. The ten plus is usually pretty easy because the ten plus is you get what you wanted. Yeah. So if the move was to reverse gravity, right? I don't know. We'll just make this up, right? You're playing like a gravity mancer, right? Like I don't know. That sounds cool, right? Like this is a wizard who manipulates gravity. Sure. Okay. Right. So I'm you're playing this gravmancer, which I, okay. I'm just making. We're just we're literally gonna make this this playbook up right okay. now. Right. Gravmancer. So gravmancer has a is gonna have a move called reverse gravity. Okay. And the idea is that what is down is up, and what is up is down. Right. Like that's reverse gravity. No, I think we right? should call so, it. I think we should call it gravitational flip. Sure. Gravitational flip is a cool catchy it's a name. Cool for catchy it, right? name. Okay. Um, even you know what? If I'm even being more salish, I might even call the move like "What is up is down." Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we know that. All right. So we know that on our ten plus, we know that um, we're going to reverse gravity. Mm-hmm. Right. So on a ten plus, uh, gravity flips and the target creature uh, is hurled up into the air and drops their stuff. Whatever. Whatever. Yep. Okay. Or is helpless in the air. Whatever. 
Okay, so cool. The 10 plus is easy. The six minus is going to be the GM makes a move. Yep. And we'll talk a little bit more in your, you're going to talk a little bit more about there's stuff you can do with the six minus, but I'll leave that for uh, as a teaser. Okay. The real trick to the move is the seven to nine. Yeah, it is. The seven to nine is the partial success. And you need to figure out mechanically for all of your moves what partial success looks like or what success at a cost looks like those are two different things right success at a cost means the move was a success but xyz and a partial success means the move was successful but limited in the following fashions right like let me give an example Mm -hmm. a partial success would be the creature is hurled into the air but select one of the following They will be there for less time than you had hoped. They are not as helpless as you thought they would be. Or um, they hold on to all their stuff. They hold on to all their stuff. Perfect. Right. So it happens, but it happens, but it's not as cool as the 10 plus. Yep. All right. The other way to do it is success with a cost. Okay. Which is you would word that you would word the move slightly differently. You would say on a hit. So a hit meaning mm-hmm. seven or seven or above. On a hit, the creature is hurled into the air. Um, you know, hurled into you know, is ripped from ripped from the grounds and hurled into the air. On a ten plus, they're just they're helpless and you know floating in the air. And then on a seven to nine, it could be like pick the following: gravitational waves radiate radiate outward in a direct in a pattern you did not expect. Mm-hmm. Gravity increases for you know one random creature. You, you know, and the third one is like you also like you, um, you flip as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So the success still happened to the creature. Yes. To the target. But something else also happened. That's success with a cost. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So you have to make that decision. And then like you kind of have to work through them. And are they meaningful when it happens in play? What's going to, you know, uh, how is that going to work? This is where playtesting becomes a really big deal, right? Like you like you take the move out and you go playtest it. What, and then you see what happens. And and the thing that we have to make sure is really clear here is you're making three different tiers, but when you look at the distribution of how numbers just are going to roll, right? For Dungeon mm-hmm. World, for any powered by the apocalypse world that uses two dice, you're going to get 7 to 9 most of the time, right? Yep. So it needs to be interesting. It can't get repetitive and boring that you're getting it all the time because you're going to get it all the time. Right. Too few choices, and then that's not interesting. Right. Too many choices leads to... Latency. <laughs> so that you also have to make sure that your moves are streamlined because if I'm going to sit here and like stare at a list of like 10 options every time I roll that seven to nine, which as we just talked about is going to be a lot, then the whole game is going to grind to a halt while I read through all of my options and try to make that decision again. Or while I try to pick three out of the list of eight or whatever it is, right? If there are too many things, you can really just stop the game in its tracks or if the things are like too specific and they can't apply and you're trying to figure out which ones you can kind of do or which ones hurt you the least, et cetera. Like they have to be, they have to walk a very fine line of specificity, interest, ability to make them work non-repetitively and have a short list. Right? Yeah. (laughs) 
And suddenly, this move seems a lot harder. Seven to, to make. nines are hard. <laughs> so, um, and then the last thing that you have to think about is with that six minus, when you get the six minus, you do have a couple of options there. And one of them is the like open ended, like the GM makes a move. And the GM has a specific set of moves for this game and this setting that they can make, right? So you can just say the GM makes a move and then the GM will take it from there and pick one of those things, right? But you don't have to because you can also define that a specific thing happens on a six minus, right? So yeah, like maybe, maybe um, on a six minus, uh, everybody in the room loses gravity. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is just interesting, right? And it's fun because it, it adds a, a level of like, oh gosh, like if this goes wrong, then the spell goes out of my control and gets everybody. And you can actually combine those because you can actually just say everybody loses everybody loses gravity and the GM makes a move. Yeah. Like you could absolutely yep. do that as well, right? But so you have to um there's a there's a balance to be struck both with the seven to nine and with the six minus. And on top of that, what you get for succeeding and what happens when you fail is how you push the genre and the feel of your game. So I'm going to jump in and talk about Hydra Hackers because Phil hasn't yet. So <laughs> do it. Do so it. when we talk about Hydra Hackers, one of the moves that we bandied back and forth a lot was the fight move because the thing about this game is that it's not a game about fighting. And fighting should be very hard and very dangerous, right? So the thing about the fight move, and I don't have it in front of me, so I remember it less well than Phil probably will, is even on a 10+, plus, there isn't really a great outcome. Yeah, so the throwdown move. Yeah, um, thank you. Throwdown is the name of the move. Thank you. On a 10+, plus, um, you still take damage. Yes, exactly. Like, there isn't, there isn't, a, there isn't a, ha-ha, I hit you. Like, yeah. no, if you're in a fight, you're going to take damage. Yeah. And it's and it's done on purpose. Right. So it's done to the genre to, like you said, to discourage fighting. Right. Like because early play tests, people were like, I don't know, let's go get a bunch of guns and go take water. Right. Let's just go kill a bunch of people. And it's like, OK, well, no, because this is a heist game. Like it's not a game about fighting them for the water. It's about a game about being the underdog and having to like sneak around basically yeah and so what wound up happening was we made the fight move less desirable by making the 10 plus still crappy um, less great rob donahue has a fantastic article and i i don't have the link for it you can search his website the um the walking mind uh rob donahue has a article about um about powered by the apocalypse moves and the different types of the different types of 10 pluses. So the 10 plus that's like, like that's like a um, critical success. The 10 plus that's like a uh, just a regular success and the 10 plus that's like a partial success and how setting those up flavor moves differently. Yes. And yeah, and it's a really, it's a really good article and it was part of the inspiration for how Throwdown got made. Right. Anyway, so I, I wanted to throw that out there because it's another thing you have to take in consideration with your moves if you're making moves, which is what is the genre feel that you want from playing this and how do you reinforce that with what you decide is your success and your failure, right? So, exactly. 
Um, I did want to mention one more about latency before we jump over to playbooks, yeah. which was um, there's a move in Hydra Hackers that's called Come Across, and it's the uh, social move, right? So it's yes. any type of social move whatsoever. And social moves turned out to be a large part of this game. Yes, because uh, you're not going to fight. <laughs> right. So the 10 plus is like whatever you ask of that person, like you get it. And the seven to nine is whatever you, you like. You get what you what you ask of that person, but you have to pick from a list of like six options, six or seven options of what is that person's disposition when you're done with them. Yes. Like, are they annoyed? Are they frustrated? Are they going to gossip? Yep. Whatever. And then on a six minus, rather than leaving it open as a generic move, on a six minus for streamline, it says the GM picks from that list. Yep. Not you. Yep. And the last item on that list is violent. Yep. Which is why players, when they first look at the move, are like, why is violent on the list? I would never pick violent. Well, of course. But I might. Yeah, of course, you would never pick violent. Right. <laughs> right. But the GM might. So, And what it does is it just keeps the GM from, because that move gets used so often, um, it keeps the GM from having to kind of keep thinking about different moves and varieties of hard moves or whatever. The outcome is when you manipulate somebody, you you manipulate them and then they are often left feeling manipulated. And how do that manifests in people is what that pick list yeah. is. Yeah, how do they react to that manipulation? Yep. yep. And by just coding that six minus, um, it just speeds things up because the GM then only has to look at the list and be like, well, they're annoyed with you. You can't get any more information out of them. Yep. Moving on. Yeah, cool. Moving on. All right, um, let's talk about playbooks real quick. Yeah. Which is going to take us all the way back to Shadow Wall's question. Warl. Warl. Yes. Warl. Warl. <laughs> okay. So just to re, just to recap, Shadow Warl's question was: When you um, create a playbook, do you create all new moves or just one or one or two? Yeah. And and the answer is: When it comes to playbooks, you should make all new moves. Yeah, because each playbook is like an iconic type of adventurer. I mean, if we're talking about Dungeon World, right? Like, they're an iconic, if we think about the Pathfinder Iconics even, right? Like, you're basically creating a very specific kind of character and a very specific type of play that's going to come out of that playbook. Because um, that's what it well, is. And, and, and they're even more unique in, in as much as when you play, no one else gets to play that playbook. Yes. There's never two fighters in a Dungeon World game. No. You are... The, the fighter. fighter. It is like niche protection at its to finest. The max. Yeah. Right. So, for instance, our Gravmancer yeah. is going to be the iconic Gravmancer of this game slash world. Right. No okay. one else gets to be the Gravmancer. <laughs> exactly. So, for that niche protection, you want to give them all their own unique moves. And you don't want to just like pull them from the regular mage or anything like that. Like you want to, what you give them is completely their own. And for instance, the wizard yep. in Dungeon World and the immolator, right? The immolator could have easily have been a fire mage. Yeah. But the immolator playbook looks nothing like the wizard's playbook. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when it comes to those moves, you should come up with unique moves for 
uh, all the num- for the number of moves that you need to make up a playbook. And that number will vary from game to game, but just, you know, look at the game that you're hacking and count on the playbooks. You'll pretty much figure out how many moves you need to make. So when you're making the playbook, though, some of the moves should be totally new moves that are doing something that no one else can do at all, which when we talk about the Gravmancer, like they can control gravity. Cool. No one else can control the gravity. Right. So, And then your other moves can actually be ones that modify the basic moves. So um, perhaps they um, give them more options to an existing basic move or um, it gives them a bonus, right? So those moves aren't nearly as sexy, but they're like the good kind of rounding out kind of moves for, for a character. And players love bonuses. So, you know, Gaining a plus one on a particular type of roll is actually a pretty valuable move in Dungeon World. Yeah, it is, because plus one can make a really big difference. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, lastly, almost all the Dungeon World playbooks have the multi-class move, which lets you uh, actually go get a move from another playbook. And a lot of other games do this, too. Masks does this, and Hydro Hackers does it as well. Like. That multi-class move, um, that multi-class advancement lets you um, basically tweak your character by pulling something interesting from from another playbook. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so in summary, making moves is harder than you think. You'll wind up playtesting them way more. You should playtest them way more than you think you should. Making playbooks is actually probably less difficult because it's really just coming up with a number of moves and the moves are going to really be the bulk of your work. Yeah. Um, but don't be afraid of taking a crack at modifying Dungeon World or another, any other Powered by the Apocalypse game. In the case of Dungeon World, the book is right there to help you. Like, go read that chapter. It's really useful. Yeah. And you can always venture out into the world of social media, whatever your, you know, brand of social media is. And there are, especially for like Dungeon World, there are tons of groups out there who can provide you feedback. Lots of people are working on this stuff. Lots of people are playing this stuff. And uh, so there's lots of resources and brains that you can pick about it or people you can bounce ideas off of. Mm hmm. Indeed. So listen, folks, we're not going to do the Chronicles of the Raven Queen tonight. And in fact, actually, we're going to have like another two week hiatus because I don't want to I don't want to give anything away. But our next week's episode has some guests on it that we're really (laughs) excited about. Uh And they're not going to like we can't we're not going to do the AP with them. Right, right. No, we're just going to talk about things. Yeah, we're just going to we're just going to geek out and talk about stuff with them. So um, so we will come back in two weeks uh, and we will get to we we will rejoin the Chronicles of the Ravens Queen as um, our our beloved paladin is closing in on her quarry yeah because there's a giant wolf and a dying torch yes and something's gonna break so (laughs) somebody's probably gonna die Uh, somebody might be me we'll find out (laughs) in two weeks insert raven's eye music here (laughs) yes and Senda, before we go, can you uh, give us a shout out to one of the shows on the network? Yeah. On Bonus Experience, Ray and Monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity while also sharing some of the dumbest humor gaming has to offer. Also, LaCroix. Hint. Hint. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> Say, Senda. Uh-huh. Where can people reach us on the internet? 
Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can find us for a little bit longer in the misdirected Mark Google Plus community. And we'll tell you where we're going when that disappears. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places or remember that email or find us in whatever new place we end up because Google dies, what can they do with that information? Please, please, please send us your topics. Uh, seriously, we have a big list of them, but honestly, I'm really fickle about which ones I want to do. So super y- fickle. So just keep <laughs> sending them because it's really good. Like whatever catches my fancy on a when on a. I think it's a Wednesday morning is usually when I start. On a Wednesday morning, when I take a look at the topic list, it's the thing that catches my eye. It can be really old. It can be really new. It's the thing that I'm like, oh, we can totally talk about that. So please uh, keep sending them in. We used to give you some guidelines about it, but literally just ask us some questions, throw out a topic idea. Uh, We're pretty crafty. We'll come up with how to approach it and how to kind of uh, take it down. Besides topics what is the other thing people can do with our social media well you know that convention season is quickly closing in upon us they are starting to get closer and so the next time that you are either sitting down at your home game or as you head off to that convention snap a table selfie of you playing that game with those awesome people and post it on the social media of your choice and hashtag it table selfie because we love to see what you guys are playing and we will swing by and like it least to the best of our ability. There's, you know, Facebook visibility things and stuff. But, you know, we do what we can. Put it on Twitter. Yeah, put it on Twitter. <laughs> put it on Twitter. We totally will we see will it. Put it on abs- Facebook. We may yeah, see we it. might see it on Facebook. But we make an effort on Twitter. If you like what we do here elsewhere in the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. It's patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get all sorts of good things. First of all, you get access to the Slack Room for Life. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I said in the outtakes, which you haven't heard yet, because that's (laughs) nonlinear time. That's nonlinear podcasting. podcasting. Patrons also get access to our Minecraft server. Right. I know people are like, Minecraft, that game's still around? It's totally still around and a bunch of us are playing it. Yeah, and you too um, could have a sheep pit. Yeah, you could have a sheep pit. You'll find out in a few <laughs> minutes what that's all about. Um, anyway, other things, you get bonus outtakes from this show. You get the after show from Misdirected Mark. Uh, hell, we're known for just sometimes surprising our patrons with PDFs from Encoded Designs. Like, that happens from time to time. Mm-hmm. So you should totally, you know, you should totally join up and, um, you know, get cool free shit from time to time or weird shit like the hamburger LARP. Yeah. Yeah. Which was epic. The other thing that we like to do is we like to shout out to our patrons. Um, I have three tonight, starting with Schmitty, the keeper of the labyrinth and the keeper of the Minecraft server, (laughs) Dennis Malloy. Thank you so very much. And David Walker. Thanks, David. Senda, what's the other thing that a uh, person can do that puts a smile on a panda's face? Bigger smile than eating bamboo. Bigger smile than falling down and rolling down a hill. What's that thing? (laughs) You could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. If you leave it somewhere else, please let us know. Or like the international store, like let us know so we can go find it. Because we super duper duper love reading them. They make us all super giddy and happy. And, uh, you know, we do this because you guys like listening to it, hopefully. Like that's the whole thing. So when we hear that, it warms our little panda hearts. You get little glowing panda hearts happening. Heart hands. Panda heart hands. Indeed. Oh, yeah. And it also actually does help people find the show. You know, 
Which is a big help. We could totally use that. <laughs> we love you guys, but we'd love to share us with other people. Right. So, Phil, show me how you would make a, a, a PBTA move for a magical girl transformation. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Take two. <laughs> nobody heard take one, but... No, nobody heard this take is, one. But this is clicky take two. Well, that's because Clicky Take One didn't start there a, recording. There was a misfire. Which was the problem, which is why there was a Clicky Take Two. Bloop. Tell them about your sheep pit. Because <laughs> I've been hearing about the sheep pit, and every time you talk about the sheep pit, it cracks me up. Okay, here's the deal. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, patrons of Misdirected Mark, if you are a fan of Minecraft, uh, Schmitty has set up a Minecraft server, and uh, we have a um, channel for it in Slack where we talk about it, and then um, uh, we just, a couple of us get on and uh, do some Minecrafting. So Old Man Logan and Tony the Rainmaker and Schmitty and I are pretty much the, I think we're all the only people on it at this point. Oh, there was, no, I take that back, Steve. Um, was on there as well. Anyway, um, it's a group, you know, it's a group server and we got a mumble server. Um, Shmitty's got a mumble server running so you can talk to everybody while you're playing. It's super cool. And uh, anyway, I um, built a, so, all right, let's go the long way into the story. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I need to, I need to make a backpack. Yes. Backpacks require oh, because, leather. Because of course, Phil must have a backpack. Well, I need to have a backpack for a number of reasons. But yes, one, I'm me and I need one, a backpack. Yeah, one of those reasons is that your name is Phil. Correct. And you need a backpack. That is correct. So I do need a backpack and um, they're super useful for mining and going out on trips and things like that. Anyway, so you need a backpack and you need six leather to make a backpack, which normally, depending on where you've spawned in Minecraft, is not a big deal. But I've spawned in a place where there's like no cows whatsoever. That is a problem. So I was like, I was venturing out to look for cows. And then Schmitty told me, he was like, no, no. He's like, you can use, um, you use a drying rack, which is a, uh, another mod for the game. You can use a drying rack, uh, and you can take any cooked meat and make it into leather. And I was like, oh, well, I'm living in the highlands and there's the highlands and there's like a ton of sheep. I should just like, I should just make a pen, put some sheep in it, breed them out and, um, slaughter them for, for leather. So the place where I was going to build my um, pen, like I kind of looked at it, it's like in this like valley and I'm like, you know, if I just like leveled all of this and made like a pit, I could just put the sheep in the pit <laughs> um, and then they'll just stay here um, and live here and I'll just, yeah. you know, I'll just slaughter them as needed. So anyway. Here, sheep, you live in this pit now. So I did. Like I made the pit and I made a staircase leading out of the pit. And then I went out and like lured sheep in because the way you lure them in is you give them the food that they want, in which in this case, wheat. And you just hold the wheat and walk along and they follow you. So I lured a bunch of them in there and then um, closed off the pit and took the staircase away. So now they're just like in the bottom of this rectangle. Um, 
and I, you know, then bred him out a bunch of times. So there's now like a bunch of baby sheep in the pit. And uh, next time <laughs> I log back in, I will um, I will go slaughter the adults and then cook their meat and then dry it into leather and make my backpack. I will have a sheep. I will have a sheepskin backpack. This is stuff like I, I, I've been hearing a lot about Minecraft. I know you're recently. a very good sport. Like I, the Minecraft thing's been super exciting. I've had a lot of fun, and um, <laughs> it's really been a lot of fun to kind of hang out with everybody. Bloop. Anyway, so, patrons, when we get to yep. the end of the show, when we talk about you too, things, you too could have a sheep pit. You too could, or <laughs> just come over and see mine. <laughs> you could go see Phil's sheep pit. Yeah, you can see mine. Um, Oh, and I made a slaughter room, like, you know, because I made a slaughter, I made like a little slaughterhouse so that after I, you know, killed them, I have like the place to dry all the meat and stuff. Which I I just keep thinking of that scene from uh, How I Met Your Mother, where uh, the dude is trying to get Ted a job. Oh, the rich guy. Oh, uh, yeah, Stella's husband. Guy. Stella's, Stella's ex-husband. Yes. Is trying to get, is trying to get Ted a job. Yes. That bit where he's like, the I have very house. particular requirements for my laundry room. It must have... Many drains and meat hooks. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can dig that aesthetic. <laughs> Puts the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose oh again. My, no, okay. You've never seen that movie, don't you? I have not. I but I know that line. You gotta see that movie. That movie's gonna that movie's gonna creep you out. I'm not gonna i I'm now not I'm not we'll have I'm a pandas we'll have a pandas viewing of it. Like No, that's terrible. That's so much pressure. Other people will expect No no not me other people. I mean like adult. next time next time I'm around we'll watch oh, okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two pandas. Two pandas okay. will watch the movie. One big panda. Okay. One little panda. <laughs> then we're gonna watch Dress to Kill. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You you might want to break after Silence of the Lambs. Bloop. <laughs> you're just not. You're coming at me hard tonight with that. <laughs> Don't at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just. You want to go make a show? Yeah, I guess we should make a show. Otherwise, now. otherwise, I mean, if we make a show fast enough, I can go Minecraft again before I have to go to bed. <laughs> I somehow doubt that's going to happen. And sheep's aren't going to see sunrise. Mm, poor sheep, poor sheep. They live in a pit now, and you're just going to kill them all. I feed them. Yeah, but you're going to murder them. I mean, I'm not murdering all of them. I need to keep a sustainable <laughs> amount of them. <laughs> Sorry, it's just when people talk about like Minecraft animals, like the blase nature. Oh, of murdering them? Oh. Yes. Yes. Well, it's because you learn that sheep are, re- you learn that animals are, at, re- animals can easily be rendered into resources. Mm-hmm. Rendered um, is the correct word right there. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Are we ready to make a show? Do I just go get it off the shelf? And just... Oh, I mean, I can't. No, don't. We need to I make can't a show. quite reach it because my headphone cord is too short. You know what's funny is that when we both when we both mention that property, we sing two completely different songs. I know you sing the actual real song, but since I was specifically, 
I was talking about Epona, and so I sang Epona's song. Yes, I, I, I'm sorry. I only know one song, which is the action, the the NES Legend of Zelda tune, right? Like, right, but like the song that I was singing is the one that you have to play to summon Epona. Like you play it to call her to you, and then she comes running up to you, like da 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 da, and then you like hop on her back. And it's great. Oh, you're going to cry when you get a hold of this audio. We're at 12 minutes. <laughs> oh, geez. We must not have recorded in a while. Like, bloop, in person, we got some of our goofs out on mic, but like a lot of it just out by being in person. I, you know, I, you know what people missed from last episode? I read from that no. book. No. Yeah, no. They didn't miss anything. That's, I, I it's read, all fine. We're I read all fine from, here. I read from that nope. tome. Nope. No. There was some important information no. I was conveying. I mean, maybe, but like also it was all mic tests, so I know, but we lost uh, we lost a lot of valuable information. There are people who I, might need that information. I, maybe, but your mic wasn't working at the time. That's why I kept stopping and making you start again and I was just like keep talking. Yes. And you just kept reading. Yes. <laughs> I did. Anyway, we should really start the show. You want to really start the show? Really yeah, for, start it? For really, really. For reals. Please. Bloop. I'm taking a sip of my drink. Okay. Is it kids temp? It's getting there. It's getting to McClure <laughs> temp. Yeah. It started hot, but it's like almost, it's almost McClure temp right now. Oh, McClure temp. That's the new thing that we call it. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm ready when you are. Senda doesn't know what that line's from. That's going on a list of movies you need to see. That movie's actually in your generation. Yeah, that doesn't mean I mean. I know, I know. That was Hackers. Cult. I know, that was Hackers. That's a great B movie. Cult. Nothing about that movie is actually great. The technology is laughable, but the movie's fantastic and the music's amazing. Oh my God, please do the show. <laughs> Fair. Oh, you just stuck the mic like in your hood. Fair. Don't do that either. <laughs> no, it makes weird noises. <laughs> Hang on. Bloop. I'm sorry. That was your bit to read. <laughs> You should just keep going. Damn it. I did that improv thing. It wasn't even in there. I know. So it's you, okay. you messed me it's up. Good. You goofed me up. Okay. Bloop. Huzzah. Mm-hmm. The game with the plumber. Yeah. The, is this the game with the plumber? Oh, uh, this is. The, is this I'm going to name him Mario. I'm so creative. <laughs> We've played this I game a lot. I always feel bad when people say that. Like, they're like, oh, I named him Mario. I know, and I'm like, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Oh boy. Yeah. Bloop. Also insert the MMP shout out. Damn it. I just realized that. <laughs> Hang on. Blurb. The Misdirected Mark podcast no, no. is Chris, no, no. Phil, Bob, no, no. and Camden no, no. talking about no, no. game design, game mastering, and, and entertaining you. I don't know which y- The listeners. Doing? Okay. Well, this is appropriate. So I'm going to do this one. Okay. Ready? To yeah. Ask ask me. Ask me. Oh. Bloop. I mean, the Russians will see it if you put it on. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, put it on G plus. I mean, are you because gonna, people will see it on G plus while for G+ a little is while? But are you going to finish yeah. the show? Yeah, I'm going to finish the show. If- oh yeah. So uh, when you transform into your magical form, roll plus roll plus heart mm-hmm. uh, on a ten plus. Uh, you complete your transformation. Show me what you got. I was like, Show no, but I really got. wanted to know. You- I really wanted to know what happened on the seven to nine. I've never seen a show where they have failed to complete the transformation. Oh no no! So, so the I transformation. Think that it's a, it's oh a no no! Complication. A, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So on a seven to nine, you complete the transformation, but your opponent is ready for your attack. Yeah, because it took um, you a while. So then, yeah, what's or, your what's your six minus? Oh, uh, the GM just gets to make a move, right? So, so like you, you still know, complete your transformation. Um no maybe not like maybe your powers suddenly like you know spark out or something or. I know it's genre breaking, but that would be terrifying, bit. wouldn't well, it? Well, no, I mean, it, it's not like it hasn't happened ever, but it only really <laughs> happens with like, you know, season finale kind of bad guys. Oh, so then maybe on a six minus, you complete your transformation, but uh, your teamwork pool is empty. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right? Because then like now you, um, things, what you call it? Like, things can happen, like the locket can break and then you like detransform, like stuff like uh-huh. that happens. Yeah, that, that would be a hard yeah, yeah. move kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Show me what you got. Show me, Show what, me you what, what you got. got. Show me what Show you got. Show me what you got. Uh, uh. What we Fire got is 47 minutes. by moonlight. Winning love by daylight. Oh, Never we're, we're running Sailor from Moon a real again. fight. She is the one called Sailor Moon. Okay. For all your Sailor Moon feels, I have uh, Voltron feels because the Voltron series is now over. Yeah, well, that's okay. And, I mean, and, re-release. I haven't even finished watching the new Sailor Moon re-release. And Voltron also that's has a transformation good. sequence. Well, yeah, because that's yeah, because it's you know, because it's um, what is it um, was it Sentai right? Super Sentai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where you know, big things combine together to make bigger things. <laughs> It's crazy, and they make even bigger things in the fight, and like in the finale, like it it's nuts. Make big it, things. The finale, you know, make the finale make, of make that, big things is a great game company, <laughs> right? The finale of that, um, no spoilers whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The finale of that um, series, like, it ramps up like within the first couple of of episodes, like it gets crazier and crazier shit in every episode. It's really good, like. You're like, oh, I see we've entered another tier of fighting. Oh, we've entered another tier. Like, <laughs> And by the last three episodes, it's like there's no holds barred. Like just it gets crazier and more powerful like every like every beat of the show. It was really good. I really, really um, I loved Voltron from the second it came out. I loved it all the way through to the ending. It is fantastic. It is totally worth watching on Netflix. And the D&D episode's hilarious. I am slowly nodding my head. I know. One day we're going to watch it. Yeah. One day you're going to love it. Like, you really will enjoy it because it's got I, all the same tropes I that you love. I fully and completely believe you. I just literally know that as much as I want to watch things, I do not have time in my life right now. I watch that one while I sit at my desk at lunch because it was 30 minutes long. I know. Like, I, I want to watch. I would just put it, I, I I would just watch, put it on and shovel food into my face. I want to watch more Hilda. And I want to watch more. Like, I still haven't finished Gravity Falls. Like, 
You haven't even watched Rick and Morty. I haven't watched Rick and Morty, but like I haven't even, but I haven't even finished the re-release of Sailor Moon. I know Rick and Morty is the thing that I make you watch from time to time. You're like, oh, this is so very Phil. Yeah, it's it's much more Phil humor. Yes, it's true. Me and my friend, the uh, the the Container container Store, store. (laughs) which they said that you were BFFs again. Yeah, see, the Container Store and I are tight. I, I might, I don't know, I might get jealous at this rate. Uh, but thanks for taking me. <laughs> the Denver Container Store was quite nice. Yeah, it was very big. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I mean, the place is always so clean and peaceful. All right, look, 50 minutes. We should yeah, stop. Yeah, let's stop because... I know I was going to do a whole thing on the Container Store, but really just go back and listen to the outtakes from the ti- from Metatopia. Yeah. It's the same, it's the, I had the exact same experience, so... Bloop. Fighting evil with containers... Winning oh my God, love I'll play that with game. containers. <laughs> you can put love in a container. <laughs> Bloop. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. And st- oh, where's my mouse? There it is. Stop.